comedian Grace Mulvey. And pop culture obsessive Neve King. Ask the question, what makes a great adaptation? We take a beloved book that has been made into a movie or TV show and do a deep dive into what the production got right or very wrong. From banger soundtracks to dodgy casting, we get into what it takes to make the jump from page to screen. Welcome to The Jump. episode of The Jump. Today we are covering the insanity inducing Shutter Island <laughs> and asking the question, are these white boys okay? <laughs> are these white boys okay? <laughs> and what do you think? I'm starting to think they are not. They like, are. There is something going on. There's something going on in Massachusetts. <laughs> something going on around the water in that island. I'll tell you that. Okay, so we covered Shutter Island. I have many opinions on this. Not all of them great. Wait, is this our first time saying the name? We're doing Shutter Island. <laughs> we're doing Shutter Island. Yes, yeah. We're covering Shutter Island. The novel is the source material. And yeah. we're obviously focusing on the adaptation um, of the film, the Martin Scorsese film. Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese. So, okay, uh, just to go into a little bit of background on Shutter Island. Shutter Island, it, the novel, um, was an, is a novel by American writer Dennis Lehan, published by uh, HarperCollins in April 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a US marshal who goes to an isolated hospital for the criminally insane to investigate the disappearance of a patient who is a multiple murderer. So already, light. <laughs> Like to say the least. Betrayed. Betrayed. <laughs> now, because this is quite a kind of like twisty, com- twisty, turny story, I'm going to give you a very a brief synopsis just yeah. in case you don't know it that well or can't really remember it. You might have seen the film, you might have read the book, but I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of the story. So, it is about a widower, U.S. Marshal Eddie Edward. Nicknamed Teddy goes by Teddy. So um, Daniel, pick a name, Teddy. Pick a name. You're insane, Teddy. Pick a name. <laughs> we only get one name. Um, and his new partner Chuck Owl, insane second name, um, who who go to the isolated hospital for the criminally insane. Um, uh, the hospital is on Shutter Island, and the patient who has disappeared is Rachel Salando. Um, Rachel has been incarcerated for drowning her three children. Okay, once again, very light. Um, but Teddy's intentions when coming to Shutter Island aren't exactly as clear cut as just simply f- wanting to find Rachel Salando. Um, <laughs> oh no! For it is revealed that Teddy wants to avenge the, the death of his wife, Dolores, who was murdered two years prior by a man called Andrew Ladis, who he believes, Teddy believes, is an inmate on Shutter Island. So Teddy oh believes gosh. this man who has killed his wife is mm. on Shutter Island as well. So nearly at the very beginning of the investigation, while searching Rachel's room, Teddy and Chuck discover a code that Teddy breaks. He tells Chuck he believes the code points to a 67th patient on the island. But the <laughs> records on Shutter Island show there's only 66 patients. So, what? <laughs> the big question is, who is patient 67? Who is what? it? Who could well, it be? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's Teddy. Teddy's no. patient 67. No. Insane. 
I was going to give out a spoiler alert, but once again, this book came out in 2003. <laughs> I'm not giving it. Years old. It's 20 years old. Okay. Pa Teddy is patient 67. Mm -hmm. So it is Teddy that is in fact Andrew Latus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Andrew Latus is an, is an anagram of Edward Daniels, which is Teddy's name again. Teddy has five names apparently. <laughs> He's mental. And uh, he, he has been a patient at Shutter Island for about two years for murdering his wife, Dolores Chanel, which is an anagram for Rachel Solando. Ah, uh, here. Ah, uh, here, stop the lights. <laughs> now, Dolores was the one who murdered her three children. So this is kind of where this all comes into. For the, the whole investigation has been a ruse by Shutter Island's medical staff to get Teddy to face reality, okay? <laughs> or else he will undergo a radical lobotomy treatment. So... This is the whole reason why this story exists. At first, <laughs> Neve is crying laughing. At first, Teddy refuses to face the truth, but finally admits to having killed his wife for murdering their children. However, at the end of the novel, Teddy seems to go back on this. Well, Andrew, because he's really Andrew. He says, he finally admits that he is in fact Andrew Latus and he killed his wife for murdering their children. But in the end, does he? He reverts back. He reverts back to being to Teddy and and is now going to have the lobotomy. Okay? So. <laughs> Can I, bravo. That was, a, like, it was almost like a one woman show of your description. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give it a bit of flair. Yeah, it's hard to flair. This, like, it's hard to condense the story, give you the names while also being like giving you a bit of flair yeah, of this. I like, do imagine like Shutter Island is maybe not one that people are, I feel like if you've seen Shutter Island, you've seen it once. You know, yeah. you might not be super familiar with it. Uh, it's not one that you'd be like, yearly at Christmas, let's pop on Shutter Island. <laughs> like, it's not happening. But like, yeah, it, it's quite, even if you would watch it a few times, it's quite twisty-turny. Every single time you're going to be like, oh, who's this person yeah. again? What's this name? But that's kind of the basis of it. Essentially, yeah. Teddy is the main character. It thinks he is a detective here to solve, like, the like to find a missing woman, but he also wants to avenge his wife. But really, he's just a patient. And the staff on this island are trying to make him see sense. See sense. Come on now, Teddy. I feel like my man. Come on now, get away to bed. Good walk now will do you good around this island. He's just out for a walk. He just needs a good walk now. Good walk, come to you when you get home. A fine evening meal and a good sleep. And that's all you need, Teddy. But that's kind of... <laughs> that's the Irish way towards mental health. I just want to tell everyone <laughs> That is no word of a lie, actually, there from Grace. I was about to uh, make fun of her for her fallback to the Irish man bit that she loves. Uh, but that is the Irish approach to mental health. <laughs> Go is. outside. Have you tried going outside? Have you tried now? Brisk walk and a good night's sleep. <laughs> a flat seven up. Come on now. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so just a bit of background on the book itself. Um, the author, uh, the author Dennis Lehan, um, has written many books, uh, Gone Baby Gone and Mystic River being kind of more famous ones yeah. that you might have heard. Mystic River was also adapted. Um, he has said that he sought to write a novel that would be an homage to gothic settings, B-movies and pulp. Don't know what pulp means. And pulp movies are kind of movies from the 40s when, you know, it became cheaper to start making movies and they started kind of bashing out these like oh. quite like high thriller, low, like 
class for want of a better word okay. just kind of like there's kind of like really like cheap horror movies basically which actually kind of just yeah link in a bit with yeah. this film um, he described the novel as a hybrid of the works of the Bronte sisters and the 1956 film Invasion of the Body Snatchers <laughs> okay Dennis okay, alright Dennis calm down Dennis <laughs> um, he also said that he was inspired by the hospital and grounds on Long Island in Boston Harbour for the model of the hospital and island um and Lenin also was stuck in a blizzard of like 1978 as a child with his uncle and family which also kind of like I think in this film there's a hurricane around the same time that they come to the island which is mm. purposely they decide to do this kind of experiment on Teddy the staff um when this hurricane is happening so that like he's stuck on the island so it all adds to everything but he can't there's no like plausible reason why his him as the detective would be able to leave the island because yeah. like there's no boats can get to it. So that is the novel itself. Okay, Neve, what did you think of the novel? <laughs> so would you mean we I had read this before. Really? Yeah. And you chose again. <laughs> and I chose to revisit it. choice. I'm not for this. <laughs> I've said it once and I've said it again. again. Feminism was, was a mistake. It was a mistake. Um I chose to read it again for the purpose of this podcast. Uh, yeah, listen, it's not something I think that would normally, you know, mm. end up probably on, on my shelf. It's not something that I would uh, normally go for. I, once again, I feel like when we're reading or watching something for for an episode, yeah. I approach it a little bit differently. Yeah. I'm kind of maybe looking at it a little bit closer than I would normally look at uh, a book like this. So, you know, it was fine. It was fine. I think I read it in a day. I had it on my Kindle. Yeah. Uh, uh, got through it. I didn't... A, a book like this, and then I think a movie like this, when there is such... When it's all about a twist in the way that it is, it's a one-time thrill, which is fine, because it's yeah. like, like you said about those like kind of B-movie, pulp movies. So after you've kind of gotten that that thrill out of it, revisiting it, you know, I don't know how much you're going to yeah. get. For me, when I was really digging in, obviously this book is at its height it's about guilt mm-hmm. um and it's about the things that kind of erode at you it's about like how much can you take as a person before you yeah. snap yeah and like i think that this character it's set in the 50s he's a world war ii vet he was at the character was at a the liberation of a concentration camp he's seen some pretty horrific for, things yeah, and like... the scene for this is kind of my big takeaway for at times it's so silly yeah but then the the scenes were something truly horrific happens are really horrific yeah like the scene where he's describing how this mother drowned her children is like really dark and horrific yeah. and once yeah. again i'm laughing nervously uh mixed with like i think there's a quote we tried to pull off the most cutting edge role play in psychiatric history <laughs> where they're like the whole island is just gonna <laughs> pretend i think the whole saying. island is just like don't tell him the secret <laughs> and they're just like letting him go wild they're letting him yeah. as his character teddy daniels interact with <laughs> patients they're like yeah yeah go talk to them see what they'll tell you it's like a fucking game of clue and actually <laughs> and i think we should go to the film on this when you watch it and knowing yeah it's actually a comedy like you're almost yeah. like this is like the kids going out and you're, and you're pretending that you're like cops and robbers and yeah. you're like yeah let him at it there now he's having a great out time <laughs> in the corner and like. honestly <laughs> and honestly I think doesn't help mental health in the long like if anything I'm like it's like we're just like ah these little crazy people they're running all over the island and I just I don't know yeah even reading the book you're so right because I 
I will say this, right? I'm not a smart person. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not I'm not one of those point extras. <laughs> I don't got a PhD or a master's. But like I remember seeing the trailer for this. I had never read the book, yeah. but I remember seeing the trailer. And I just remember certain persons like, bet you he's the one who's mental. <laughs> And I Grace. don't think it's because I'm particularly smart. I think it's because that is exactly my memory yeah. of seeing the trailer. Because it's just like there's a shot in the trailer where he opens the note and goes, "Who is 67?" I was like, "Well, it's obviously him. <laughs> He's obviously yeah. 67." Yeah, uh, but it is like when we get into the movie, it is a movie that's made to watch twice, right? Like that was almost the purpose of it is that you want to go back and look at it yeah. and re-examine, and you do do that. But first things first, what um. <laughs> Will we touch on for the film? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the film this week, so I'll tell you, yes. I guess. Okay, You're thank having you. an aneurysm. Do you know what it is? I wasn't in the best mental state watching it. And I think, actually, I just found it quite... I read the book as well. This was one where I was a bit stupid with, like, you should probably give yourself a bit more time than we had to read yeah. the book and watch the film, particularly the Martin Scorsese film, so it's a long film. So, like, in my <laughs> eyes. But, like... I read the book and then went to watch the yeah. film and actually it was just like being in this world was a bit torturous by the end. It like is. I will it, say. And it is, it's a dark place yeah. to be and there are, once again, they try to hit on, they do, they hit on a lot of serious yeah. things. They hit a, on the history of mental health. Yeah. They take their own wacky spin on mental health. <laughs> uh, act out your wildest fantasies there. Go on, do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was interested when I started reading the book again and watch the film about like why did Martin Scorsese want to do this like that yeah. was my big yes, question yeah. because like yeah. he's obviously one of the most <laughs> I'm so the film bros are going to come for us I hope they never <laughs> find this <laughs> I'm so afraid yeah, to talk yeah, about Martin yeah, Scorsese yeah. Um, he is obviously one of the most oh, respected like greatest yeah. American filmmaker um, of our time uh, best eyebrows award the in the biz and I was like, why do you want to do this? This feels very silly. So that was kind of a lot of what I was looking for yeah. when we were researching this. The book, as you said, was published 2003. Yeah. The production of the movie began in, twen- in 2007 with both Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio were both interested in it. Wow. So they kind of came together on it. It wasn't a case of one kicked off yeah. and, and, you know, chase the other they went with a script written by and i apologize to the screenwriter whose name i'm going to struggle with Leita calogridus sounds right to me uh she had previously written alexander <laughs> with colin farrell and angelina jolie oh my god and mostly known for kind of work on kind of sci-fi action right, she'd done right. like a terminator sequel right up top i will say book to book to screen shot by shot oh it's, it's incredible no very little addition down to every patient interview that is conducted by teddy daniels it really is like holding up a mirror uh, in a way it's a copy and paste job like i'm sorry but <laughs> i'm sorry but like after reading the book because i as again i read the book and watched the film stupidly so close together yeah. that, that's what i mean about it. it was a bit tedious because I was like, well, this is the book. Yeah. Like, as in, like, there was nothing here that was surprising me or adding, to me anyway, anything from the source material. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Copy and paste job, I think it's the right way to put it. There's one addition, and I'm saving that till the end. Because <laughs> it really is the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the movie is generally referred to as a psychological thriller. He conceived of Shutter Island as an homage to B-movies and Pulp, and that's exactly what kind of drew yes. Scorsese to it. Uh, this okay. was a really influential 
film period to him. I think as a child, he used to like watch a lot of like pulp in, in the movie theaters. Nice. Uh, it's really what kind of got him interested in movies. So it mm. actually does make a lot of because that was really I was like, this is so why was. But no, like, but, but actually, no, that does make sense. Yeah, then. it does yeah. make sense. Because so it is very stylized. The film is 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like almost it's like jarring. The first scene, you're like, oh, what is going on? Well, here? I have like, a theory yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. we'll get to that. But um, he wanted to make this kind of neo-noir pulp movie. He was inspired by such movies as Cat Island, Isle of the Dead. One quote that I read from him, once again, in a, in a interview, I'll link it in the show notes, was that he wanted to take that homage very seriously. So there was nothing ironic in his homage to these okay. incredibly <laughs> ironic and right. silly movies, um, which I thought was uh, incredibly interesting. And it's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Um, I don't think women should have choice. I don't think men should have choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I really look, at, I kind of tried to situate it in you know, coterie of films. Yeah. It's coterie of male films yeah. that he makes. And uh, this is his fourth collaboration with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, right. He had done Gangs of New York. The Aviator and The Departed. Great. And this is their fourth. Yeah. They've yeah. since done Wolf of Wall Street and they have a new one coming out as well, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. So well, they really have such a collaboration. Yeah. yeah like you, uh, you you can actually probably mark Scorsese films by actor. By actor. Yeah. Like, okay. by, like he started really working close with a lot, like Harvey Keitel. Then we have like a Robert De Niro phase. Yeah, Obviously, that's yeah. that's that's lasted, and Leonardo DiCaprio is probably like a, yeah. a, the newest mainstay. Um, but it really, when you look at the overall that arc of films, what r- situates it in in his spectrum, I think, is that code of male violence, guilt yeah. and violence, and a sense of reparation almost yeah. for that violence. So that's where I think that the the book kind of rings yeah. true to him uh in the making of this movie they both said that they were very psychologically affected by it that it was so oh, dark I'd imagine so some cgi was used but a lot of it was like on set in like old hospitals very immersive i think the filming of this yeah uh and they both found it really hard they both had to take extensive breaks from filming well here's the thing the first the first note i have is Leonardo DiCaprio intense <laughs> Because the first shot is him having puked and he looks up and it's like, I'm sorry, but the man looks like just, just break down central. <laughs> like, I'm, he looks like just, like he's ha- he looks like he's having the worst hangover of his life. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, get, get yeah, it together, Teddy. Yeah, get it together, Teddy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, do get it together, Teddy. Yeah, okay. It it's a first scene. I mean, can, can I have a nice, just, I don't know, some instrumental music? Like, it's like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> you know, um, that is okay. So that is actually kind of the first thing that I want to start talking about, and it's you've already kind of noted it with this first scene. What do you notice about that scene on the boat? Tell me about the scene it, on the it, boat. It looks really fake to me, and and also the, it's very, it looks very staged. Like, yeah, it's like the the dialogue's quite wooden, but I think all of that is intentional. Like yes, again, if I was, and this is the problem. If you don't, if you don't know the twist, maybe this is a totally different vibe for you. But unfortunately, I don't think the twist is that. It's not that twisty. It's not that twisty. I don't think it's hidden very well. Like, I don't even know if that's the point of it. So for me, like, I just was watching it and I was like, God, it's like they're performing in a 40s movie. And that's obviously now I understand that it's intentional because that's what Martin Scorsese was going for. But yeah, it just feels like it's CGI to fuck. Well, this is my thing. And that was always what I noticed when I watched it because the CGI, the rest of the movie... Isn't. Isn't. It's very immersive on set. So is he really on the boat? (laughs) <laughs> that is such a good question because 
Because why would they at least let him another, on the boat? Another <laughs> note I have, right, in this is that I want to make very clear. And this is also, I get very practical sometimes. Does this place have public liability insurance? <laughs> <laughs> because they are letting a mental, mentally violent man on a boat just randomly. They, he beats up guards and literally in the book and in the film, they're like, how many guards did you hurt? Did you hurt him bad? <laughs> Breaking jaws. He like, is known I, you know. to be a violent patient. They're like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> so we like get him all riled so up I, and I set think, him loose. I think you are right. I don't think he's on that boat. Yeah. Or maybe the boat has already docked. Like I feel like yeah, there's something, I think there's happening. something like, like that. Like, I don't just... see him at. And yeah. this is, so this starts two trends for me throughout Actually, the movie. Sorry, just before because sorry before we even go into that, I think he's puking because he's coming off the drugs that he was on. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, because they say that later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah, withdrawal. Yeah. This starts two trends that I have, that I've noticed throughout the movie. Um, the first being my theory around the use of CGI is scenes yeah. where maybe he's kind of imagining more so than he physically right. is in because the, the CGI is very bad and very noticeable. Yes, yeah. But I, I try to kind of research that and kind of look up if that they ever kind of admitted that that's what they were doing. Um and I couldn't find anything. It's like so. to cats. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we intentionally did it's, it. Uh, you're going, you're having a dream. Uh, it's all a the dream. cats were also a dream. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's another scene later on where he thinks that his partner Chuck has fallen off a cliff mm. and he climbs down a cliff to try and find yeah. him. And that looks incredibly fake. And I, I'm just like, would they let him, you know, climb down a cliff and be like, good luck, all for the best. Yeah. But I also wonder if I'm giving it too much credit. But I, I will say this, because in the source material, they actually refer to that in, in a conversation scene. And the doctor said, oh, yeah, when you were climbing down that cliff, I thought we should end this now. Okay. Like, so actually, it apparently in the book, and if I'm remembering it right, that did happen. So I don't know. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Because, and then the cave that he finds this other woman yeah, in. And, it yeah, it just seems. But at the same time, like I said, it is the most cutting edge uh, role play in psychiatric <laughs> history. So maybe there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, once again... This adaptation was so fucking note for note that I yeah. think that maybe I am just like scraping to find <laughs> yeah, something yeah. to find some kind of uh, edition there. The other trend that I have <laughs> that I noticed while watching this movie is that like I'm so embarrassed for him because he's, <laughs> he's play acting because he's like because... gotta gotta get off the zone. They're all like, <laughs> no, but it's, it's actually more embarrassing when he's like this is a bit where he has to give up his gun, which is a toy, <laughs> and they're like. Sorry, Marshal, you can't bring guns in here. And he's like, I am a, a U.S. Marshal under law. Blah, blah. And he starts talking. And you can see all the guards are just like, <laughs> give us the joy guns. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're you talking know. to a small child. I know. And like, <laughs> so it's just, it's really embarrassing. And yeah, it's, it, that, it actually feels uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Weirdly uncomfortable watching them. Yeah. Yeah. So Teddy Daniels, much like Leonardo DiCaprio in real life, is cringe. <laughs> <laughs> And only dates under 25. Uh, yeah. So yeah. those were kind of, yeah, that was kind of my big, my big theory about this movie. The rest <laughs> of the movie, once again, pretty note for note. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, Leonardo DiCaprio interacting with various characters throughout the island, yeah. which, like I said, like a big game of Clue, trying to discover who, where yes. is Rachel Solando? Yeah. It's yeah. like she evaporated through the walls. He's uncovering a conspiracy where someone's helping him escape. Uh, one thing that I did notice and that I did think was pretty impressive while watching was the score was the music oh yeah from the very beginning there's a it's very ominous this introduction to this opening shot of you just see shutter island ahead yeah this very like dark ominous damning score yeah. that kind of keeps up throughout and i think it's a pretty effective way of 
exploring Teddy Daniels as a character because it really gives you this horrible history that he's had, this yeah. horrible life that he's lived. And you see a lot of uh, shots of him, flashbacks of him at the liberation of Dhaka when he was in World War II and these this horrible imagery of, you know, a, a concentration camp that's uh, being, being liberated. It's definitely more effective, obviously, than it is when you're reading it in a book. That yeah. is oh, one thing I will I say. Will, no, like I, and I do think that's, yeah, I think that was done really well, actually. And, and like, there are some things in the film that are done really well. And that is what, like, the music really adds to it. Yeah. Um, and also, it's big enough um, for what they're going for. I think, because uh, also the music could almost be a bit over the top. Yeah. But it's almost because of what they're going for. It kind of fits. Like, yeah. it's fine. I also will say, on top of the music, the production of the, um, because from the book, it's very hard to, Ward C, Ward A, Ward B, it kind of means nothing yeah. to you. What he does is like, this Ward A and Ward B are like some lovely brownstone buildings. Ward C is like, <laughs> like Ward C is like a, like a castle from like, I don't know, it's Sleeping like Final Beauty. Fantasy where, like, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, by the way, it's like, there's no lighting in here. And I'm like, surely, and I mean this, you would want to see the most insane people for the guards. There's no lighting in here. Like, they're all just like, they're almost like going around with candlesticks and like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, light up Ward C. Light it up like a goddamn Christmas tree because the guards in there are being apparently just attacked by by the one guy you're letting it roam the island. You're so, you're a most dangerous patient. Hot <laughs> off. Yeah, it is very funny actually when you when you watch the first scene where he comes off the boat and all the guards are like like literally yeah. have their hands in their guns and he goes, "Your guards are a bit jumpy here," and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know." <laughs> It's an institution for it's the criminally insane. insane. And I don't know if we've said that enough <laughs> times. Uh, no, you're right. The set pieces are like so ridiculous. Yeah. There are, there's a huge, a massive scale to this movie. There's a great scene where he walks into the the head of the hospital, Dr. Colley, played by Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty effectively. Um, he walks into his home. He's got this like kind of stately manner. <laughs> It has a great scene. There's a character, Dr. Nairing. Yeah. In the book, obviously, we can't yeah. hear him. He's yeah. just speaking. And in the book, it's a bit of a reveal that he's German. German. Which obviously... <laughs> For in the movie, he is played by the most German man. Max he's Monsendo. just played by a bratwurst. <laughs> Are you German, Doctor? And it's like, well, well, well. The moment Teddy's like, nice try. You hit the consonants a bit hard. The most over-the-top German accent. Mark Ruffalo, again, the high point of the film is Mark Ruffalo, because he's the high point of any film. Yeah. He just goes, you're a German. <laughs> but you know it's so sad? It's because also the partner, the new partner, Chuck, again, yeah. is, is actually um, Teddy's real life psychiatrist he's so just, like he's the last two babysitting years. him he's during babysitting this massive him. role play because actually that's the smartest thing they did was yeah. psychiatrist <laughs> the whole time which makes sense yeah um but it just means that even when he's like you're german like all of it is like in a way when you're watching you're like oh that's why it's so happy because these guys are also it's kind of layers here not meant to be good actors like, yeah. like you know this doctor shouldn't be good at role playing yeah like, none of them should so they're almost like wink wink no <laughs> and even the german doctor's like oh very good teddy <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, so some great set pieces along the way. There's a a pretty disturbing dream sequence. And I want to know how you did with the dream sequence because you're such a wimp. I, I'm <laughs> such a wimp. But I'm going to tell you something. You know what outdoes 
wimpness for me. I hate dream sequences. Oh. I hate dream sequences. The moment. As a concept. I just don't like them. <laughs> I really don't. I actually, like, even in, like, the, any, like, I'm rewatching The Sopranos at the moment. Okay. Obviously an amazing thing. Any dream sequences. Oh, fuck this. Like, I'm almost like, <laughs> I don't care what's in his subconscious. <laughs> because his subconscious is the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing his, but I don't, like, in a way, I'm weirdly, like, I, that just doesn't matter to me. I don't know why I don't. Maybe I don't fully believe in dreams or I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because dreams don't really affect me in that way myself. That like, I'm like, so this isn't the story. Yeah. This isn't what's happening. Like, I suppose that's for me. So when, when it comes to horror, weirdly, or any sort of thriller, I am a real wimp. Yeah. But if it's dreams, it's like, this isn't, this is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And the dream sequences are so over the top. Yeah. In this, that I'm like, okay. (laughs) I don't care. Like I, and that's just, I'm not saying I'm right, but that's just what dream yeah. sequences do to me. And even in the book, I was like, oh, here's a fucking dream sequence. <laughs> like, let's move it along. I will you say, know. like, I did prefer the dream sequence in the book. It had more of a feel of a dream. It had more of a fear of the, a feel of this, like, nonsensical, like, for some reason, he's yes. dreaming that everyone he knows is naked and they're all getting their coats and they're all like, oh, we're heading out. You know, it's all very confusing. Well, I will say about the dream sequence in the book, the, the fucking... <laughs> The God, sex yeah. is actually very disturbing to read. Yeah. And I was like, weirdly in the film, they sort of do it without doing it. They have them groaning. Yeah. But they don't ever actually show them. Because do you know when he's holding her? He's basically yeah. holding his wife. They're sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that noise is. But in the, the book, it's explicit that there's, and it's weird. Yeah. And it's like not. So that actually, I think in the book is weird. Like you're right. So much more disturbing. Yeah. And yeah. Vivid. That's an interesting point actually about like the, one big difference, I guess, is a lot of that kind of sexual tension is quite toned down in the movie. Except that scene where they reveal in the film, oh, Rachel Solando, yeah, we found her. She's in here. And he brings in to yeah. interview Rachel Solando. Now we know now, having seen the film, that Rachel Solando is not real. They're having a nurse pretend to be her. She does a great job. For the sake of trying to <laughs> yeah. jar Teddy out of his psychosis. I'd love to see a dramatic amateur play done by the staff. <laughs> Uh, Shutter Island does Hamlet. Uh, <laughs> does Hamilton. That's what I want to see. So there's a nurse pretending to be Rachel Solando to try and like, you know, convince Teddy yeah. that he's Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> Everything I say about yeah, this sounds yeah, like a fever yeah. dream. Does she want to fuck Leonardo DiCaprio? Like what is going on in that scene? Like she knows that she knows yeah. that tomorrow she's going to have to be a nurse again. <laughs> and her bosses will have seen her essentially yeah. be like, have sex on this hospital bed. <laughs> I know it's actually you're so right. There's something. Well, he must be the most attractive patient there. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. They're stuck on this island. Even the staff. I mean, the staff must all just be right around each other. Like, but <laughs> but yeah, I, you know that is so true. Actually, like taking out of context. Such a weird scene where they're just. I like... just what I want actually. I want a DVD special um, edition where the staff are going through the motions. <laughs> I want like say. a jury duty you where know? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we see behind the scenes but where they're like, like, who are you playing today? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I really want like, I really want like the, the, the head doctor to turn to the nurse and go, no, listen, I want you to act like you want to sleep with this one, but I want you to really get dirty. Like, you know I want I mean? you to be the horniest <laughs> fucking mental patient I have ever, ever seen. And by the way, we're, th- we have no budget for overtime. <laughs> It's the 50s and you're a woman. (laughs) (laughs) You just shut. You're lucky to be here.
You um, need to shut her island again. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. This. Um, so it is just like this merry dance across the island into these yeah. like really gorgeous set pieces. You can see, you can see that like anyone making this film, the cinematographers, uh, Scorsese himself, they're all probably having a gorgeous time because it looks so beautiful. Yeah. It looks yeah. so atmospheric. Over time, things get to get a bit dicey. <laughs> it's becoming clear who is 67. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get the the moment when teddy reaches the high point of his conspiracy he bursts into a mysterious lighthouse on the grounds to find where dr collie dr collie is waiting who's ben kingsley is like hey bada bing bada boom it's you (laughs) (laughs) dr collie is pissed off i actually will say in the book i read him a bit more he was a bit bada bing bada boom in he the was book. a bit like spicy in the book and <laughs> i quite was. liked it he yeah. was a bit like okay this they, i'm really trying here yeah pal. like and in ben kings is it's kind of a kinder more you can tell from the beginning and i and in a way i didn't i don't know it's 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 an interpretation but like he was actually i never bought him as a villain I don't, and I don't think that he's meant to be a villain. No, but I, like, as in, like, even from Teddy's right, perspective. Sorry, like, sorry, yes. what I mean is that in the book, I could totally see how you could misread this man. Yeah. Um, and also, I suppose in the book, you're also reading it from Teddy's perspective, where Teddy's like, there's something in the way he looks at me, and I don't know how to describe it. He later, later realizes it's empathy. Yeah. But he can't understand yeah, how this he man. Yeah, he can't access that compassion. Yeah. That him and that Dr. Carly, and then. His partner, Chuck, who's also his psychiatrist, Dr. Sheen, he can't recognize and engage with that compassion because he himself is so broken and so devoid of it. There is actually something I got quite emotional. Actually, that's such a stretch. Sorry, I'm going to take that back. I recognized some emotion. (laughs) (laughs) In those two characters. That's such a great thing to say in therapy. Like a therapist (laughs) would be like, you know what? Good for you for recognizing that you didn't feel it, but you you understood it. You could see, like, I think that Mark Ruffalo and Ben Kingsley did a really good job at, like, really taking that series. You know, just, like, they really portrayed that compassion to me. You could see that they really cared about this guy. They wanted to get better. And I think it is interesting to talk about because so much of the book and obviously the movie is about perception, right? It's about this guy's point of view, what's real, what isn't, and how that differs from book to screen. Obviously, in the book, it's so much easier because we're we're in in his his head head and we're only you know getting to see things the way he describes it to us in the movie they are quite clever at twisting that around and using you know the fact that we can see everything that we have kind of our own independent like we were saying potentially with the cgi (laughs) unproven whether they were using the cgi for that effect uh but there is a scene when teddy and chuck break into ward c Mm -hmm. the scariest ward where the unlit ward (laughs) Where they keep the most dangerous patients. I love the way they talk about it. It's like it's a theme park to them. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah, like, yeah. Um, And he has a conversation with uh, an, an inmate, a patient in there that he is familiar with. And it all feeds into his conspiracy. Yeah. And I think that the way they do it in the book is really interesting because the conversation depends on emphasis in language, yes, right? Yes. And actually, I, that is so true. And I think in the book it was done okay like it's hard because I don't think the writer did anything wrong but it's a book and it can be kind of hard sometimes because you're like 
yeah, it's where the comma lies. Yeah. While also when an actor does it, that's even better because it's like completely the way that we structure a sentence. And yeah. so uh, as we communicate, we can misinterpret our, each other completely. And it's so easy. You listen back to that and you go, oh yeah, he did say it that way. Like, yeah. We're just, it's Teddy's perception of how we're hearing it. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have this moment later on where Dr. Collie is reading, like they were obviously mm-hmm. recording. I don't know anything on this island works. Was there a recording <laughs> like apparatus but also, in there? Yeah, how did they know he was going to find this particular guy? Oh, they anyway. can't even light this fucking building that you, you were just, recording it. <laughs> you just have to take so much at surface level while yeah, watching Shutter yeah, Island. That's yeah. why the the difficulty is it's a Everyone's movie so wet all the time, <laughs> and that actually as well on 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 a par. I'm like just fucking dry off for a minute. What is the Public liability insurance on this island. People must be sliding to their death every day. This is like Hogwarts. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, fuck it, you send our kids here, you're gonna die. <laughs> Uh, but it's a movie and it's a book that like the whole kind of purpose of it on the surface is like this is you know it's very layered and you really have to think about it but the more you think about it the more ridiculous it is so now I'm bringing myself back around to is this movie genius because it's actually exhibiting the experience of going through a psychotic break (laughs) trying to talk and reason about it like by the end I'm going to change my fucking name (laughs) I'm Teddy Mulvey be an anagram of yeah. Grace movie. I can't um, do that. I'm not smart enough. But I think you're right. If there's something, there is something so like. I think the great thing about, like, I don't like. I'm not going to say I enjoyed the book or that okay. I loved the film or anything like that. But I don't think it's meant to be enjoyed. Like, it's a weird thing. A part of me that's like, well, I know your man writes. It. I'm sure hoping he gets rave reviews, and he obviously did. Martin Scorsese wanted to make the film, but it, it is, is his highest grossing movie at the time. It's yeah. it's a very unsettling feeling watching this film and there's almost it's almost cartoonish and there's something sort of off about it I don't know if it perfectly lands for me but I will say the consistency of it does to me show something really unpalatable about mental illness like as in like if it's like it's unrelenting it's unrelenting it is unrelenting like it's unrelenting even the flashing lights I know we probably talk about like but it's constantly kind of randomly flashing lights he looks wrecked all the time Like, he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, like, he just looks fucked. Yeah, he looks like he's been partying on a yacht for like six months, but it hasn't been going well. Like, and then like, he, you know, the sleeping and all of that. All of it's he very disgusting. Yeah, he it's, gets my. And by the way, I will say this about the migraines. I, I that's something I wanted to note. Probably the first time I've ever seen a, in a film where they describe migraines and show migraines properly. Because in a film, mostly it's like someone touching their head and like, I think I've got a migraine. In this, he's literally like, I can't stand anymore. <laughs> I'm getting a migraine, which is exactly, if you've ever had a migraine, what it's about. And, you know, yeah, so it's just the whole thing is unsettling, which I get the point that that's what it should be about. It is really effective at bringing you into his, like, POV and showing, like, how kind of lost he is. Yeah, yeah, it feels really uncomfortable. Like you said, they are always wet. The migraine scene is really upsetting. The dreams are really effective at just how disturbing and off-putting on on edge you would feel, like, after that. It does... Spin, it like spins you around and yeah. you just like don't yeah. know yeah what's what even yeah. though as you said from the trailer we knew who 67 was yeah um, I also just want to say you can make a great porno out of this instead of who is 67 <laughs> what is 69 <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what I thought 
much. But I really was like, if I was to do a porno version of this, then <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, we got so off track. What, I, what we were talking about was... Uh, the confrontation scene. The confrontation scene and uh, how effectively they used that perception in, in the movie. There's a, a really infuriating scene where Dr. Colley reads back because they've recorded this conversation that Teddy's had with his patient and is trying to show him, you know, you've picked this up wrong. Yeah. You think he's talking about two people. You think he's talking about a man called Teddy mm-hmm. Daniels and a man called Andrew Latis, but they're the same. He's saying, and I'm quoting here, you did this. And Teddy's trying to explain, no, he means that I did it because yeah. I, my actions led him to be here. Yeah. You know, and it really, it does put you in the place of like, how do you talk yourself out of looking crazy? Yeah. How do yeah. you dig yourself out of that hole? And I do think that's like kind of a, a theme through it. He meets at one point... Uh, what he thinks is the real Rachel Solando. What he Solando. thinks is the real Rachel Solando, who the, her story is that she was a doctor on Shutter Island and she started asking questions. <laughs> that was it. That was it. She started asking questions. Also, also she's a woman. Also, so they she's were like, a woman. They were like, we got to get her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like she kind of proposed that theory. Like if, if someone says you're crazy, everything that you say to prove you're not crazy just compounds the fact that you look crazy. Yeah. Uh, it really is this kind of like never ending vortex, which is the experience of watching. What I really liked about that as well. And I was only when watching the film, but after reading the book, I'm like, she's the only woman who is a doctor in mm-hmm. this, right? Which in the book, he's like, he fully straight away is like, she must be crazy. Like it was something along those <laughs> yeah. lines where he was like, just sister straight Aww, away. Oh, she thinks she's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like you think you're baby. a detective. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the fact that a woman says it actually, I find is really interesting. Yeah. Because it's usually women when they're called crazier, you know, she's so mental or she's a crazy mm. psycho. For so long in our culture, it was like, oh the, yeah, she was just crazy. Like she was nuts. And the moment that any woman would try and be like, stand up for herself or maybe get a bit emotional, like in a work setting or whatever, they were like, oh my God, she's so crazy. She's so dramatic. The moment you try and explain yourself, it's actually like you get emotional and riled up and then you look more crazy. So I was interested in the fact that it was a woman saying it to him and that she was a doctor and she was like, well, I was from a respected family and they were able to do this to me. And I don't know, there was something about it where I was like, why did you choose a woman to say this? That's Mm -hmm. what's interesting to me. Like, I don't, and I can't even explain why, but I, it was the fact that it came from her, you know. And it is like, it's set in a period of time where this was happening to women quite regularly. Like it was the 50s in America. It is the time and it's brought up as a kind of a theme in in the book and the film, the introduction of pharmacology. Um, They don't name it in the movie, but in the book, he specifically calls out a new drug, lithium. That is the period we get. That is the Stepford Wives period of like women, you know, being who are in any way not, you know, Just, aligning with yeah. the norm are genuinely been being drugged yeah, and put in the yeah. corner. Like that, does, what he is describing sounds a bit, sounds a bit like conspiracy theory-ish, you know, but mm. it is actually the truth of what happened yeah. to women during that time period, especially in this kind of like suburban new post-war America where everyone was supposed to be like shiny and happy and yeah. we won and we're American and everything's great. And it is interesting that even in Teddy's mind, which is fractured, the voice that he concocts to tell him this reality is coming from this imaginary yeah. female character who comes from a position of power and is shunted to the side, allegedly. You know, yeah. that is... <sighs> <laughs> I want to... I want to... I, I are you... 
like finish that part or yeah okay <laughs> right I wanted to just touch on a few other things that I just think right. were changed I the the copy and paste idea that we're kind of going with here yeah. right and I do think it is one of the shortcomings of the adaptation I don't think okay yeah I think they could have done a lot more with this personally one thing is actually that I think they took away from it weirdly was a bit of Chuck's personality like I like I really like Mark Ruffalo Chuck in the book is a bit more like we're told through Teddy that he's a bit more funny and he yeah. kind of has some more funny lines and everyone he's gets charming. on with him. Charming. He's a people person. In this, Mark Ruffalo just seemed very concerned for Teddy and a great partner to Teddy. But I, that was taken away a bit. Mm. And I think it needed a bit more of that. It needed a bit more of a back and forth between yeah. the two of them. And a bit more, like, you know, because I know Mark Ruffalo can do it because he did have that, that German bit. It did make me laugh as well. You're a oh, German. German. <laughs> You're a German doctor. Um, <laughs> talking to a literal bratwurst. Um, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's true. And like, I think they substitute any personality for him calling him boss. I know, yeah. Okay, <laughs> like, boss. What you want to do, boss? You're like, oh, this guy's jazzy. He's <laughs> <laughs> jazzy. But then also Michelle Williams. I just think, I, I have a real, I know we're seeing it, Teddy's perspective of who she was. Yeah. Right? The broken waif sort of thing. <laughs> it's dead wife it's, syndrome. Dead drive syndrome. She's very Marilyn Monroe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, and she's never not allowed look beautiful never mm. not allowed be in any way a herod place even in the scene where we do see that she has drowned her children which is probably him just remembering it for real yeah she's like so docile so beautifully put together and i'm not but in the book actually much more hyper because she was a manic depressive yeah and at this point as well she would have been so high and in the book they kind of get he gets her, she's all over the place like yeah. she's kind of jumping you know what i mean and she's taking a lot of this medicine that he also accidentally left out and they leave that out in the film yeah they don't put that add that in that he made a mistake Mm -hmm. of this but it was like there was something about that where i was like i hear now like a manic depressive like let the woman just have a fucking mascara out of place an eyelash just (laughs) something she hasn't washed consistently probably hasn't washed her hair for a while how about we do something (laughs) maybe her roots are showing that might give an indication (laughs) she's going insane like i just there was something about that where i was like this just isn't like this it it annoyed me because i don't mind that in the dream sequence yeah but if leonardo DiCaprio looks like shit throughout the entire film which he does which he does well (laughs) let michelle williams look like shit at the end when she's going through a breakdown please like you that know. uh remember the queen's gambit oh my god it's i've like never seen i wish i looked i wish i looked that good on a normal day when she looks that good this is what men think of like a female breakdown yeah. looks like she's in the scampi lingerie yeah yeah she's got a pin curl wave she yeah. looks amazing and that was just something it pissed it annoyed me actually because i yeah. was like michelle williams is such a brilliant actress and i just don't feel like she was less she's pretty lying. wasted in this i feel as in like her yeah. because she's like one of the best actresses that's, 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 working so, and, like, and actually some of the dialogue kind of clunky uh, yeah the dream sequence she goes i'm just bones in a box <laughs> bones in a box uh, do you have anything else you want to add so the last one of the only differences that was really remarkable is obviously the final line of the movie of shutter island it's one that was kind of like the most commented on most discussed uh at the end of the movie they do manage to for to have teddy daniels kind of break back to reality mm-hmm. he realizes he's actually andrew latest he realizes He's murdered his wife and through negligence has murdered his children. He's killed his children. Um, and they say, great, <laughs> you've healed. Good stuff. Uh, we don't need to lobotomize you. If you had stayed Teddy, yeah, you would have been yeah. lobotomized. Yeah. The next day uh, he wakes up and 
you know, they're they're hopeful, but he's reverted back to Teddy. He's reverted back into psychosis and they choose to lobotomize him. As his way of saying goodbye to his partner, Chuck, slash his psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Sheehan, he says, you know, I've been thinking, Chuck, <laughs> is it better to live as a monster or die as a free man? Indicating that he has not, in fact, switched back to Teddy, that he is sane choosing. and he is choosing uh, assisted suicide by lobotomy. In the book, that sentence isn't in it. No. You so just... in the book, it's more vague. Now, you do get the idea he could be faking just to get out of this. And, yeah. But in the film, they don't allow that at all. What do you think of that? So, Would you have rather it be more ambiguous? No, or? I think it's fine. What I think is funny, what pisses me off, <laughs> is that there was this big debate about it. Like a big, yeah. well, what do you think? I'm like, he's obviously no, saying, I, I just told her, are you Yeah, I don't think, I actually don't think there's anything ambiguous about there's it at all. There's nothing because ambiguous about it. you know what it. the other thing is? When he stands up, you can he's see like, Mark Ruffalo's like, character's like, what? Yeah. Wait, and he stands up and he says, Teddy, and he doesn't respond. Yeah. Because it's almost like, he's like, I don't go by that he's name let, He respects yeah. this guy, he likes him, he's letting him know, listen. You did sorry, right. Sorry like, that I'm fucking up your whole gig. Yeah. <laughs> like, like ruining yeah. the, the... Because the, basically they would have, these two psychiatrists would have made like, their names out of doing this yeah. experiment. And he's going like, listen, I choose actually. I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not letting myself... I just want to add one more thing, right? Because yeah. in the book, and I think this is something that they leave out in the film, and it adds a bit of complexity to it that I really think is missing. A bit of the thing where in the book, it's a lot more, I didn't listen to my wife. Like, she actually told me that she, like, because yeah. she at one point she burned down her apartment and they moved to this lake house. Like, yeah. she's not well. He gets, like, I think, like, her, his sister-in-law, like, her sister to come and help them and yeah. all this sort of stuff. He's giving her medication and he has to spoon it out for her. But when he goes away for these for work for, like, a week, he accidentally leaves the bottle out. And that's kind of what leads her to drinking yeah. the entire bottle of medicine and going on this absolute rampage. You know, it doesn't explain everything, but you know what I mean? In the book, he's like, I just didn't want to know about it because I thought it was kind of embarrassing. Like, he basically was, like, embarrassed by yeah. it. He didn't want to admit that there was anything wrong with her. Yeah. And there's a scene where she's like trying to seduce him in the book and he just doesn't even want to know her because he's like, oh, she's just being weird. And yeah. it's just like, and it's really uncomfortable because you're like, why are you being like that with her? But obviously she was maybe going through a high point or something. Yeah. He didn't want to know about mental illness. And actually that's something that's missing from this, which is, and it's a great tweet I saw one time. I know it's, it sounds so silly, but like we're very comfortable talking about mental health, but not talking about mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly probably what it is. She was mentally ill and he just didn't want to know. Because it doesn't feed into that. Like he's this like war hero yeah. returning back to collect this yeah. beautiful prize that was his wife. And she's not acting the way she's, she's supposed to. She's not acting like the beautiful wife she's meant to. And yeah. he's drinking more then. And then the kids, and this is the really sad part. The kids aren't listened to. Mm. So the kids actually talk to him. And in the very childlike way, which is they don't be like, they're not like, we think mom is mentally ill. They're... They're really young kids, mm. but particularly the boy, one one of his boys says something about his mom by being afraid of her or something like that. I'm now absolutely paraphrasing, but basically the character Teddy in, in his like mind is saying like how he thinks the boy's too soft anyway. Yeah. And he won't listen to him. So again, it's this thing where it's like kids aren't listened to, the boys are being soft, so they're not being manly enough. All of these things I think are really interesting stuff that's left out of the film because it's like, actually he's a man of his time, yeah. meaning that he didn't want to know about any weakness yeah. and any sort of a vulnerability or emotion was weakness from his kids, particularly his young boys. No, he wasn't going to hear about that. So actually that adds to the guilt. 
that's not in the film. And in a way, I'm like, oh, that's such a pity. Because it's totally like, right. that devastated me more. There was basically like a few paragraphs about his interactions with his children. That was more devastating. Yeah. And the fact that he, his wife pretty much was, was begging for help. For, for help. And like, that's where the guilt comes in. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're totally right. And it's just, it would have been such an interest. Because there are so many, there are interesting ideas here. Yeah. It's it's interesting, the history of, of mental health. Mm. And the way it used to be treated, and the way people yeah. used to be shackled to the floor, and all of those concepts are kind of mentioned. But what they, the story they chose to tell, was was this pulp noir yeah. about who like and give it up for a twist. Yeah, and they gave up all this really interesting history and really interesting kind of like mar- like tackling this moral story for a twist about a violent man and whether it's okay that he was violent because he's a war veteran I think ultimately became the question instead of this like why couldn't he help his family in the way they needed in the way that they needed help um so yeah you're totally right there's something and it's sad because we still aren't comfortable with mental illness now yeah and actually we are like there's pills and all that conversation I'm like this author was almost trying to bring this conversation in like in the 50s, like yeah. basing it then. And it's sad that that could have been such a great yeah. film, I think. Not, not that this is a good film. I'm not saying I know or we're joking, but like yeah. it could have been brilliant. It could have yeah. been about something so much more meaningful, I think. Like, yeah. Because the scene at the end where he is like with Michelle Williams, that that, that memory, mm. it's not a dream, is I found that really hard to watch. It didn't affect me as much. Isn't that mad? I'm not saying no. like I'm not saying I was like <laughs> laughing through I it. I didn't give a shit. But, it, but there was something about it that didn't quite. Yeah. Maybe it was because she looked too good. Yeah, you were I too focused. Know. I was too focused on it. <laughs> okay. Um. So do you, do you think this is a successful ab- adaptation? I think that on my personal ranking scale of it's bad or it's good or it's fine, I'm going to say it's fine because yeah. it's a copy and paste job. In terms of like, did it take this book and turn it into a movie? Yes, yes. it did. <laughs> It did, and the acting, like the actors, yeah. are great, and even the it looks great. The like music, you know, there's a lot the of set shots. pieces, yeah. it's all beautiful, but it didn't elevate anything. It no. didn't like tell the story in a new way or bring anything. You know, it didn't fantastic add to the conversation to, to me. Like, yeah. yeah, taglines. Okay, so what is the original? The Shutter, so Island, ta- Shutter Island tagline <laughs> is: "Someone is missing. Some places never let you go." What? What are you talking about? Here's my tagline. Okay. Shutter Island. The brain be braining. <laughs> I've said it once. The brain and be braining. I'll say it again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Jump. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to the show. And tell all your friends about us. It really helps us to continue to make the show even better. If you want to contact us with recommendations on what to cover next, message us on Instagram or TikTok at The Jump Podcast or email us at thejumppodcastx at gmail.com. That's thejumppodcastx at gmail.com.